This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. New message. Hey, girlfriend, it's Carol from Jury Duty. We never actually spoke, but I saw you ordered the same hoagie as me at lunch. What are the chances? Anywho, I heard you just got a boat. We should totally grab some hoagies and take it out for a spin. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Do I want to feel the wind in my hair? Guilty as charged. <laughs> oh, seriously, let's ride on your boat. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Annual Premium for Basic Liability Policy not available in all states. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast, International Break Special with myself, Omar, and Kai Bennett. Hello, mate. You good? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Enjoying a week off Millwall. Well, obviously, after the defeat at Stoke, I, I wasn't not going to enjoy the international break, but I think the loss came at the right time, didn't it, Kai, after that eight-game unbeaten run? And obviously, a disappointing result on the day. Just didn't go away, obviously. Dread missing the penalty too, mate. And it kind of summed up our day, didn't it, I think, as a whole? Yeah, he, he never misses penalties. So when he missed, you just knew it wasn't going to happen. And then obviously, Keith had the rebound. Then he managed to set set Stoke on a counter attack, didn't he? Very strange that as well, wasn't it? I think in a weird way, I'm quite happy the loss came when it did because like if we went into this like, international break nine games unbeaten, I know it's like it sounds cliched, but at least we got the loss out of the way. And obviously, the positives of the three substitutions we made in the second half in the game as well with players coming back from injury. You mentioned Keith, obviously Ojo and Bradshaw as well, mate. It's it's nice to kind of go into the international break, recharge the players that have been involved in the last eight games that was unbeaten and kind of go again, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think Bradshaw looked bright when he came on by the looks of it. He had a, a good chance. Obviously, got the one of the penalty, looked, looked bright. Um, Ojo, I've been really impressed with Ojo. I was really impressed that he decided to stay with Millwall to do his recovery. Mm-hmm. He was uh, at the games, um, signing signing autographs, getting photos with, with fans. I was really impressed with that because obviously as a lone player, it's quite easy to go back to your parent club, especially a club like Liverpool do it there but he decided to stay at Millwall which I was yeah that that impressed me a lot and it gave me 
the, the feeling that, you know, if we were to try and go after him in the summer, he probably is the right sort of player that we want at this football club right now. Definitely. I mean, we'll talk more, obviously, at probably towards the end of the show about Stoke. But today's episode, guys, we want to try and drum down into what really changed in the eight-game unbeaten run and kind of ask the question of what was the catalyst for it. Um, and obviously look at a bit of the stat side of it, player involvements and who he thinks are standout players as such. So I guess we'll go straight into it, guys. No parts today. We'll just go straight into the show, mate. Obviously, eight games unbeaten, 10 goals scored, two against, six clean sheets, five of which were on the bounce before Stoke, mate. I mean, what do you think, what was the change or what? I mean, it's, it's easy to kind of just give a general answer to this, but I guess what we're trying to cover today is what really was the catalyst for it. I mean, obviously, we lost at Fulham. Um, I don't, I weren't going to say we got to play off the park on another day. We could have made it an interesting affair towards the end of the game, could have maybe got back into it. But after that game, the manager says there's 17 games to go. You know, this is kind of the laying down the gauntlet, saying 17 games to go, 17 cup finals. And team responded, didn't they, in the next eight games? Absolutely. They've just, I think, I feel like they've taken that handbrake off, I guess, and they've just gone for it. They've enjoyed their football, they've had no pressure on them. And I think that's where maybe. You know, I think with the eight games, not talking about the playoffs, not talking about anything, any success, anything like that, has really helped the players just enjoy their football. They've, I think, a big thing with Millwall is when when they know that when we know we're safe, is in terms of like we're not, there's no chance of us going down. The players can then express themselves, mm-hmm. and I think that's when the best we, that's when we come, our, you know, the best side of us comes out because while they're you know still not not safe or they you know they're on the border and they need to get a few more points to guarantee it, they almost seem a little bit nervous, quite defensive and. You know, not sure whether they want to go forward or not, and just you know keep get keep just getting points along along the way. But since we're now safe, I think we're thirty points clear of the relegation zone, which is quite a, quite an achievement, isn't it? In eight games to go, I think it's twenty nine. I'll correct you, twenty nine. But still, yeah, we're safe. Quite, we're not going down. <laughs> quite an achievement, though, isn't it? With with I know the teams down the bottom there have been really poor, um, and they are probably on the lowest points tally at this stage of the season for quite a while. I mean, we always say forty points keeps you up. But this year, I think probably 36, 37 probably keeps you up with the teams down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it's, it's been superb. I think they've just given the fans and the club that little bit more of a new... So they've had like a new lease of life over the last eight games. They've seemed to connect with the, with the fans. The fans, have, have, you know, loved, me included, I'm sure you can speak for you as well, just love watching them play. Always excited for the next game. I think we've had, we haven't had that for a while. And it's, it was, it's nice to bring that back. Obviously, the fit against Stoke, you know, you know, uh, ends the ends the unbeaten run, but I'm still buzzing mm-hmm. for after the international break. We've got players back. This definitely, but you know it's, it's still excite, excitement going into the last eight games of the season, isn't it? And so also having something to play for. And I think obviously, like we said, since that Fulham game, if you said to me we would have took twenty points from an available twenty four, I'd be thinking, Kai, I know you're a bit delusional at times, mate, but you're talking absolute rubbish there. And in fact, it's really even think it. I'm, I'm I mean, we're positive at the most best of times, but to even comprehend that after that defeat at Fulham. With uh, games coming up against Cardiff, who were doing quite well at the time, QPR at home, Derby away, obviously, who were kind of batting at the bottom, Sheffield United, Reading, and then obviously a trip to Blackburn, obviously it's contentious one, that one for the whole postponement scandal, and then Middlesbrough and Huddersfield also, who are kind of teams that are flying in the right direction. But I guess it kind of typifies the middle way, like you said there, Kai, of, you know, we've always said it on our shows as well, like backs against the wall, injuries throughout the squad, eight or nine first team players missing, but we will rise some occasions and I guess that's exactly what we did. Absolutely. I think we, we had a we had a tough run. Reading and Derby, you know, are down there, but they're not they're not the worst sides. You know, Derby mm-hmm. have got some really good players. And without that points points deduction, they'd be up there. They'd probably be fifteenth, fourteenth, something like that. 
Reading the same. You know, I know that there are points deduction, they'd be, you know, a bit higher up as well. They've got some good players in that squad. And I think that's that's the thing for me. Like we we, we did really well against all these good sides and then you know, in typical Millwall fashion, we probably mess it up against probably the worst side, mm-hmm. which is quite funny because obviously Stoke are, well, before that, they were useless, weren't they? They played well against us, to be fair. But, yeah, you know, I think that was probably more more down to they were trying to save the manager's skin a little bit because he was under a lot of pressure. Um, had we caught them a game before, maybe we would have beaten them. But, um, no, but it's been, there's just been a change. It's just been a massive change. It feels like a change in everything we've been doing, a change in... Um, I guess form not not really formation, but the style has been different. The formation stayed the same, but the styles really really differed because the wing backs seem to be getting higher. The the centre backs, Cooper, Hutchinson, Ballard, Murray Wallace, whoever is in them two, but you know not the one, but whoever's in the two, they're getting forward again. Like we used to have them getting forward, they sort mm-hmm. of stop that for a bit. They're almost a bit protective of that back five, and they sort of you know really quite um you know they they quite very defensive, but they're starting to get forward again. We're seeing Hutchinson. I mean, that ball, what, what game was it? QPR, for example. Hutchinson wins the ball. He plays in Jed. Jed little round the corner to um, to Bury and Bury finishes. That was That's a prime example of what we were seeing at the start of Rowett's tenure. And now we're, I feel like we're starting to see it again, which is exciting. He sort of rediscovered that, I guess, that style that we were playing at the start. And also, I also think it's, um, the style has definitely improved, but also it's the context of the games that we went into at the time, mate. I think we went to Derby, who hadn't lost in six at home. Obviously, we welcomed Huddersfield to town last Tuesday or Wednesday, and you know there were seventeen unbeaten. And you know, there's a lot of obviously Derby's case. I think the day before Reading won, and there's a lot of pressure on them to turn up and win these games. And you know, the same with Huddersfield to keep going and keep the momentum going. Since they lost to us, they lost at the weekend as well. They got well beaten. I can't remember who it was against, but you know, I think we've kind of risen to the occasion, and I think. You're right to say about the wing-backs. I think Malone missed the game against Fulham since he's come back in. He's played every game. Um, and obviously, there's a few other players that have... I thought at first, obviously, getting to the international break, I thought, oh, you know, probably all the players need a rest. But only seven players played every minute of every game. Or there's a couple of maybe came off as subs, but they all started the games. That's Bart, McNamara, Cooper, Murray Wallace, Malone, Mitchell and Jed Wallace. And the rest is kind of mixed and match with about seven or eight players there, Kai. I think the key there is obviously... The return for me is obviously Jed Wallace was crucial as well. Obviously from injury, came on against Fulham. I think he came on the week before that in a game against the team escapes me uh, as a as a halftime sub. But the, the crux of it is is like players return from injury, but also it, it allowed us to change that shape a little bit, didn't it? And kind of shoehorn players into positions, but it works. Bury against QPR, Bury against Derby. You know, it's it kind of just pieced together well, didn't it? Yeah, I think I think they just sort of. Um... They, they battled together, which was something that, you know, was quite mm-hmm. impressive. They, you know, sometimes they were under the cosh against like Sheffield United, Derby, for example, at the end. But they just kept going and we have sort of put players in positions because we've had players injured. But every time we've put a player in there, they've always they've always taken their chance rather than maybe before they would have sort of, players would have gone into that position, not really played very well. And you'd be thinking, well, we really need that player back now because that player hasn't given me anything in the, that game. But obviously, Bury's dropped a little bit in the last couple of games, but I think that's probably expected at some point as a youngster. Mm-hmm. We come in, you know, you've seen players do that before. They've come in, they've, they've been brilliant. They have a little bit of an off period, then they go again. And I think this is this international break is exactly what Tyler needs to, to reset, maybe. Think about what he's done in the last couple of games and the games before that, done really well. And then obviously, a little bit of off, off period, but then go again for the for the other games coming forward and make sure he's, he's, he's paid. I think he's going to be really key going into the last eight games because his pace, as well as Oliver Burke, if you 
say you don't start with them two and you can bring them two on with them pace alongside maybe Benick or alongside Jed or, you know, whichever way you go about it, them two are going to frighten defences big time. Definitely. And I think also what's key, like you're saying, obviously about team effort and obviously it's good to see Bury get a chance. Obviously Lovelace made four sub appearances in that eight game spell as well, Kai. And some of it, obviously, you know, it's it's not a token gesture at this point. He's obviously, he's what we got. It's what's available. And even, you know, at times you've got to call on these players to come in and do a job. But I thought in a couple of games, I think he got a 20 minute spell, didn't he? In one of the home games, maybe Sheffield United, he showed that he's capable if he's given the opportunities. And obviously the same with Bury scoring two goals in the eight game spell. And this is like, if you offer the players a chance to impress, they're going to take it. The same with Matt Namara now, obviously, he's a, a forever present in our side suddenly, isn't he? And it's nice to see homegrown players come in and obviously Mitchell, eight games, he's played all of them as well. It's, it's great to see as Millwall fans to see these players come through. Absolutely. I think that's one of the most impressive things about this season. We've seen so many players come through the academy. It almost reminds me of the time, you know, when we went down to League One and Neil Harris sort of embedded a lot of youngsters into the side and we sort of built the team around the youngsters. I feel like that's the way we're probably going about it now. We've got Tyler, we've got Danny, we've got Billy, we've got Zach Lovelace. We've got, um, we've even seen uh, Muller on the bench. We've seen Topolodge on the bench. We've seen players like that who are exciting players. And Boateng as well against Boateng, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think he, he he is one of the most exciting for me, Boateng. I haven't actually seen him yet. But I think his pace and his, um, I guess his, his direct runs, what I've seen him from the 23s, be really exciting when he comes in because I think he, you know, he's a bit different to Bury. Maybe Bury's got a touch more pace than him. Boateng, don't get me wrong, he's still rapid. But I think with Boateng, maybe he's a little bit stronger on the ball. So he's more mm-hmm. like a Bennett sort of player rather than your maybe Bury. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And also, I think they, they're, they're here for the future, but also they're here for the here and now, which is great. And that's what's super to see. And I guess this is the class of 21, 22 starting to blossom, maybe, you know, like I say, and all the young players coming through. Um, and we love that as Mill fans. And I think you're right to say about Harris when we went to League One. I remember, like, he obviously, on your Dimma, obviously, um, Ben Thompson, Sid Nelson, Aiden O'Brien. But then also we had the likes of, that didn't really make it, like Junior Tiencia rings a bell and a few others that didn't really get into the fold. But obviously, young players that are, you know, coming through properly and obviously trying to get their opportunity and that's all we ask for as Mill fans and obviously we've seen a, a shift with recruitment Aldo coming back so we'll talk about it more in depth in another time but it's obviously exciting times for Mill and I think we all think that um, obviously the goals mate we said 10 scores um, a team effort as well mate here because you've got six different goal scorers in them games Afobi got two Cooper got two Bury got two Bennett got two and then you've got both Wallace's Jed and Murray Wallace with one each and Obviously, a fair share of selection there, six different players contributing. I think that's also what's been key. Maybe throughout the whole season, we've not really had a standout goal scorer, have we? And I don't know who we are, who is our top goal scorer at the moment. Is it Bradshaw still? Bradshaw still, I think. Actually, no, it's Benick now. It's Benick now. Just overtaken. I think he's got eight, hasn't he? I'm going to tell you the answer if I can find we're, it. We're a bit like Manchester City. We're well-rounded. <laughs> but we back to the point there, it. mate. Like, it's a team effort, isn't it? All round. And that's refreshing yeah. to see. And also... Obviously, Cooper getting two and two as well. Well, technically three and two, three and three if you count yeah. his own goal at Derby as well. Um, set pieces have stepped up since Jed's come back into the side, I felt like. And he's got a few assists in them games. I haven't got the assist numbers, but I'm pretty sure Jed will be top of that chart. Yeah, um, also, just like I said, a team effort, isn't it? Definitely. I think I think everyone's played their part. And that's been the best thing about this little run is that there's been no standout players Obviously, there has been standout players, but there has been no like no one's you know run away with the with the standout performances. 
you know, before we were always saying, oh, Jed Wallace is our standout player. I think Jed's been superb recently as well. But there's been players that have that have made things happen other than him. You know, even, even the defence have been standout. Midfield, mm-hmm. Billy Mitchell and George Saville. I mean, we haven't mentioned Saville yet, but I think Saville, the last couple of games, OK, let's maybe not count Stoke, but the couple of games before that, we were starting to see Saville at his best again. Definitely. Which was fantastic after... You know, I think I think what did him early season. We're going to mention it over. I'm really sorry to tell you, but COVID, and then <laughs> and then in the Palace game, he obviously got whiplash, which was which was nasty. So um, I think that sort of ruined ruined his start to the season. Then obviously he got over it, and then he got another injury, and now he seems to be back and getting 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 back to his best. Did you say he got whiplash? Sorry, whiplash. Yeah, against Palace, that was why he was out for so long. Is that what it was? Whiplash. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sure he went off like holding his leg when he went off in that game. Yeah, I thought it was as well, but it was actually it was actually his neck. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. The that that funny is... thing is, it was actually a, he actually fouled Anderson. That was the best bit. That was quite the funny bit about it. <laughs> when, we was, when we were speaking the other day, we were trying to find out what I was because uh, we were trying to do a piece of the paper, and we were trying to find out how he got the injury. So I watched yeah. the game back, and I got to about 44 minutes whereabouts it was, and Savile's gone right through the back of Anderson, and I'm thinking. That's foul. And then he stayed down for a bit, holding his neck. He must have got it when he's sort of fallen or something. I'm not sure. But yeah, he suffered. Did he do it in the first half? Thought he could continue in the second and then came off. Is that what happened? Uh, yeah, yeah, he did it. He thought it'd be okay second half. He just sort of, you know, was you know, stretching his neck and whatnot. But no, nah, he was he was he was done, I think. Um, top goal scorer for Mill is Benekophobi on nine goals. Nine goals. Second okay. is t- um, Tom Bradshaw on seven. Third is Jed Wallace on six. Who do you think's fourth and fifth? Do you know what? I'm going to go for it. Murray Wallace. Yeah. Um, and, mate, oh, no, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. Mm. You you hit really hot when you said Murray Wallace because, like, if I'm Cooper. asking... Yeah, and Cooper. See, so, Cooper's brilliant. Like, he's really impressive. Yeah, Murray Wallace on five, Cooper on four, and then you've got Bennett with three, and then you've got Malone and Matt Smith and Savile and Bury on two, and then Evans and Ballard on one. Um, minutes per goal is also on BBC Sport, which is interesting. Um, minutes per goal, Bradshaw was the best on 182 minutes per goal. So every two games, he's drew a goal, which is superb. But also there's assists on him, eh? And Wallace tops the chart with nine. I mean, his involvement, I think the last eight games in particular, like I said, I think he's probably been maybe my standout player, Kai. I think I've got a choice between two. And I think if I go for one, you end up going for the other. But mine is Jed Wallace and Cooper. I mean, them for me have been the two kind of standouts. You said Savile, of course, already as well. So maybe you might say Savile. But obviously it's a team effort. But I think Wallace coming back in from injury and he just hit the ground running and he just highlighted how important he is to this team. I think especially against Derby, I feel like he had a really good game. Um, And obviously Cooper, just I suppose personal, 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 what was the word I'm trying to say? (laughs) I can't. I don't know what you're going to say. What I'm trying to say, uh, personified. That's personified it. Personified. What Mill was about, I feel like, and also I think Cooper shifting from the left side centre half to the, to the middle, grabbing yeah. the captain's armband as well, whilst Hutch had been injured. I think them two games in particular, where he scored back to back goals, he, he was instrumental in them wins, and obviously two match winning contributions. But leading from the front or from the back, but also going forward and contributing the way he has done. Who's going to stand out? I mean, I'm going to go with Jed. I'm going to go with Jed. I think the obvious pick for me, I'm not actually not going to go for him because I'm going to go for somewhere different because I rave about him all the time. I'm going to go for someone different on this occasion. I would have gone for Murray Wallace. Mm-hmm. But no, he's had a couple of games where he's been out and stuff like that. But I think the most influential player in this eight games, I you know, think he's probably played about six or five or six, 
when he does play, he's outstanding. I think Mason Bennett. Okay. I know that's why I'm so gutted about him being injured for the last eight games because he just seems to get us to tick right now, which is a real shame. I think- Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Uh, okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull pattern saddlebags. <laughs> he feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes, and he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. <laughs> Listen, I'm just the messenger here. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When he's on his form, like when he, especially against Huddersfield, making them runs down the left-hand side of the channel and like just stretching the opposition and also carrying the ball at pace and intent as well. Even that one moment where he came as a sub against Blackburn when he first came out for injury and you're thinking he can run through this team here and get a chance. Like we had no shots on goal that game, but he was, he was fit and available for 90 minutes you feel like we would have had a different type of game I have to agree that I'm trying to negate it down to one person but you can't like even Bart Bilkowski in goal mate five clean shoots in a row six in, in eight and there's a couple of games where he's made outrageous saves Blackburn game sticks in the memory in that one as well and that was a really good save that one it's like you, you can't you set the bar even against Huddersfield the first 10 minutes he's made a couple of smart saves getting down to his left because, you know, we was good for 80 minutes that game and we was unreal. I probably, the next question would be, what's the best performance? And I was going to go with Huddersfield personally, because, you know, aside from that first five, seven minute spell where Danny Ward had a couple of chances, we just played him off the park and played through the press. And that was what the most important, impressive thing for me was after that game. But yeah, even Bart's had his fair share of chances and it stood out and done his bit. Go on then. I said that Huddersfield was my standout game purely because obviously we won 2-0. They were 17 games unbeaten. We played through their press and we know what the lead style is with, Cobran in charge there with Bielsa, he's obviously his old assistant. But what was your standout game from the eight games, mate? So it was going to be Huddersfield, but I'm going to go for something different because I think Huddersfield nice. probably was the probably was the standout. But I'm going to go for Sheffield United at home. Okay. I was just impressed that day. Obviously, again, Huddersfield, the difference is Huddersfield, we just looked like we were going to score endless amounts of goals. Yeah. Against Sheffield United, we didn't. No one looked like they were going to score many goals at all. But what I was impressed about once we got that lead, you could just see how tired that, that our team was. But they just kept going and going and going. And I think that's what I was so impressed about, the, the desire to work for each other, the uh, togetherness and just the, the determination just to keep going. That's what I was really impressed about that game. I think we got that little bit of maybe Millwallness a little back about us. And players like Billy Sharp, players like um, Hurahan, players, you know, players that are worth a lot of money, Sander Verge, they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't lay a glove on us. Morgan Gibbs-White, they just couldn't do anything. And that was, that was quite impressive for me. You're right. And I think that particular spell, because that was, I think, the last of four games in two weeks where it was back to back to back to back games. Um, obviously, Cardiff was the Saturday game. Then we had QPR at home. Then we uh, then we went to um, 
derby. Then we had Sheffield United at home. And in that two-week spell, it was just consistently churning out performances. And then we went to Reading, grafted out after going 1-0 up. But you're right, I think that Sheffield United game was good. And also, even against Middlesbrough, we hit the post, didn't we, twice and yeah. could have won that game, but for Lumley and goal. And I think we just seem to have, when we can't play good, like we did against Huddersfield, we can ground out games as well. And that is just the key now. And I suppose the only tarnish to it all is that we lost on the weekend to Stoke. But like I said there again, Kai, like I'm positive because we've got that loss out of the way now. And then we it's a clean reset. We start again on zero for, you know, the last game we lost. Start again, eight games to go. Just try and repeat the last eight games. And I think we'll be in the area that we all want to be in and hope to be in. If we can get six wins, two draws, like we just did before that, that Stoke loss, if we can do that in the next eight games, we will be in the playoff, no doubt about it. Cool. 100% sure. And if we, all I, all I think we need to do, right? It's, well, it's not, it's not an all I think we need to do because it's actually quite a tough ask because they're doing, they're, they look, they look bloody good right now. Mm-hmm. But all I think we need, well, we need to beat Luton on the back because Luton are banging in the goals for fun. It's not even funny. Like they've scored seven in their last two. They've beaten teams four nil, three one. They lost to QPR a couple of weeks ago, two one. And I think we, we, I reckon we, I'm hoping, and I reckon we will do the same to them. You're right, because obviously as well, I think Kenilworth Road is, you know, a tough place to go at the best of times. And I feel like they're a bit up and down, but this, I think they've scored, I saw somebody the other day, 33 goals in their home games this season in 19. So they score goals for fun, you know, like you said. And bear in mind, they're still relatively new to the championship, their second season in it. But it's, it's Nathan Jones seems to have just got them kind of well-drilled, hasn't he? And it'll be interesting to see. I think we're going to move on to the next eight games. You mentioned Luton and how important that is, and I agree with you. And obviously Luton Mill's always got that little bit of added extra stillness to it or bite to it whatever yeah. you want to call it it stems back to the 80s we all know it um and then obviously then we've got swansea at home barnsley at home and then we've got preston away on easter friday Hull at home on easter monday and then you've got birmingham away peterborough at home and then bournemouth last game of the season away at the vitality stadium no team there scares me to be honest kai a bit like how None of teams scare me in the eight game. I'm being run, really. I think obviously Sheffield United, if they had their act together, could be you know them sort of team. But they were also a team in form when they came to the den, weren't they? So, what are you expecting? I mean, we'll start with the looting game. Come on, I should know as a general first. Do you think we'll be where do you think we'll be after the eight games? I, I think, I, I mean, let, let, before we touch on it, let's just talk, talk about what Mickey's predicted first. Okay, well, Mickey's not here to speak for himself, but he did do a prediction, didn't proof, he? Didn't he? <laughs> 79 points I'm just adding that in before I say sick that I look really optimistic I'm just saying that that was slightly more optimistic than me 79 quite... points is seven wins and one draw by the way in our last uh, eight games mad isn't it <laughs> mad. I'm going to top it let's go for eight wins no I'm joking um, I'll go for six and I reckon we're going to get 74 points so what's that F- five wins and a draw maybe or yeah, something like that. So what is how many points we're going to get? 15. So we get 17 points from the last 24 available. So five wins and two draws and yeah. one defeat. Yeah. It's doable. I, I don't know if I want to put a prediction out there myself because I'm just going to look stupid when we lose lose all our games and the season peters out to nothing. But um, do you know what? Like, I'm confident we're going to win all, all our home games. That's what I'm setting as the foundation here because obviously Neil Harris was the pundit, wasn't he, for the Huddersfield game. He said, we all need to get to 72 points and I think they'll make the playoffs. That's 15 points. And we've got four home games and four away games. And we've got Swansea at home, Barnsley at home, Hull at home and Peterborough at home. I think if we get four proper Millwall at the Den performances, 
I feel like there's no given in the championship, but I feel like they're going to be as close to a given as we're going to get. Because as long as we turn up, like I say, we will, and the, and the, hopefully the fans are there to back them as well. I think that will that will take care. Of I, I almost feel like they'll take care of themselves. Maybe we'll get three wins and one draw at home. Then the away games, Luton's a tough one, yeah. and I will take I will take a point at Luton to be honest, because as you say, they're also a good football inside and. They move the ball quick, and we always struggle against teams that move the ball quick. You know, Ala Fulham, for example, teams that can get on the ball, pass it about, and kind of stretch your defence from side to side. We struggle in them games. I'll take a point at Luton. It's also like three wins and two draws. And then I'm looking at Preston away. A Millwall win away at Preston. Yeah, good. Yeah, we've beaten them twice in a row now. Oh, yeah, okay. Go on then. And so we'll win at Preston 1 0. Hutchinson will score the winner there again. Um, that'll be four wins and two draws at this point. And that will leave us on, what's that, 14 points. And we need the one more point to get to 72. I think we'll win at Birmingham as well. There you go. Five wins, two draws, and then we'll lose at uh, Bournemouth, I'll say. So I won't be doing the old uh, little jump in the in the, sit in the in the water at this point. I don't think we're going to get the playoffs, though, even if we get them results. I think... You don't think? We would, though, wouldn't we? It's It's... it's who knows, Kai? Who fucking knows, mate? Teams will play each other now. Yeah. So if we win them games and they, one team has to lose or draw. So if they, they'll drop points, teams will drop points, definitely, one way or another. And if we can get that many, well, five wins, two draws and a, or a loss or five wins, two draws or three draws, whatever, I think we'll make it. Why have I just said that we only lose one game as well? I, I, this is the delusional thing of supporting Mill. We just put on a really poor performance away at Stoke. And suddenly, I think we're going to win five games and only lose one. I look at all the fixtures and go, I think we'll win that one, that one, that one. And by the time I've actually looked at it, we've won about 43, and we're drawing three. <laughs> so that's not as bad as that, is it? I think the crux of it is the crux of it is we're trying our best to look forward and be excited. Yeah. But ultimately, as I think we did during that eight game spell where we said there's 17 cup finals to go, blah, 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 just take it one game at a time, Kai, isn't it? I think. That's ultimately what it's got to be. Don't worry about the other eight, seven games. The priority for the team when they turn up to train next Monday and look for heads of the week is get a result at Luton. Once you play against Luton, you have a day off on the Sunday and you're in on a Monday because you've got a game on the Tuesday against Swansea and that is it. Don't worry about Barnsley on the weekend. Focus solely on getting a result. And that, I think that's just what it's got to be at this point. It's not going to be It's not going to look amazing. Just get the results, no? Oh, we've got Barnsley on the Saturday. We've got Swansea on the Tuesday and then Barnsley on the Saturday afterwards. Oh, no, I hate Barnsley at home. <laughs> I honestly hate that game. Like, we always lose. And we always lose to, like a last minute as well. It's so annoying. No, oh. do you know, we can break it. We beat them early in the season away. We're going to do it again. I hope so. I, hope so. Uh, I, th- I think you're right. I think Luton's massive. I mean, I think Conor Mahoney. It's Conor Mahoney's game, isn't it? So if he's fit, you never know. He might come on for a little spell. I don't know what it is about Mahoney and Luton. He always does well against them. But that's probably the only team he does do well against, isn't it? Probably. But, I mean, he does do well against them consistently. So you're quite impressed with with that. But, you know, Swansea's a tough one. They play some good football. Um, but another game that I think we play well, we win. Um, and then obviously Barnsley on the, at home on Saturday. I think if we play well in that game... It's, we've got the potential to hand out a real a real thrashing, mm-hmm. you know, but that's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult two games prior to that. If we can get four points out of them two games and then go into Barnsley with four points out of seven, four points out of possible six, win that one and get, if we can get seven points that week, 
we're, we'll be we'll be well and truly in the playoff race. I'm sure there's a better way to look at it than we're looking at it because we're just like eight games. We're going to win this one, lose this one. Maybe you've got to break it down into two games, like to four blocks, two games in each. And what do you need to take from them? And, and realistically think about it because I'm sure that the analysts are crunching numbers at Millwall. I'm sure Gary Rowett's got his ideal of what has to happen because he's the manager of the team. And this is what he has to worry about. That's what I mean. We're not talking about it. We're not talking about it. That's what he says. We're not talking about it. Is that what he said? Yeah, he did. Didn't say. Oh, was that after the Huddersfield game, wasn't it? Or yeah. he's like, yeah, we, we definitely are talking about it at some point. I think. I'm not sure though what, what, where they're talking about it, but they definitely are. You've got to be quietly confident, haven't you? Because yeah. you've got to back it. Yeah, I, I get, I get the process of not talking about it. It's quite good for confidence and stuff, and no pressure, and whatnot. But I think internally there'll be a goal. I think, but we don't know that goal. But then I suppose let's look at it this way now. So do we have injury updates for the players out, Kai? Come on, you're going to tell me. Obviously, Bradshaw's back. Ojo's yeah. back. Keith and Bell's back. Um, Bennett's out now for potentially the rest of the season. Not confirmed. Four, four, but six weeks, apparently, roughly. Which so probably hopefully maybe a glimmer towards the end of the season. Who knows? Um, yeah. And then let's see who else we got out injured. Hutchinson, is he almost back? No, Hutch will, I reckon Hutch will miss Luton. Right. Hutch will be back probably Tuesday against Swansea. I reckon Did he have a setback, time. didn't he? Hutch, didn't he? Yeah. He had a setback. He was supposed to be on the bench against Stoke if everything went well. Mm, but okay. yeah, and then who else uh, Leonard, Leonard should be back Evans should be back Oliver Burke should be back as well so the only players out will be Hutchinson for one game or two games and Bennett and then obviously and obviously happy birthday to Luke Freeman yesterday as well he'll be out <laughs> <laughs> yeah for, don't forget Freeman you know the player that played 20 minutes for us if that gets put him <laughs> Do you, I don't know. Is he is he out for the rest of the season? Do we know about that, Kyle? Or what's been said? I don't know. Well, ever since Gary said that he was, no one's really asked. I think they've no. assumed that he is. But it's one that should be asked at some point because you never know. He might be able to come in for a couple of games and just give us something a bit different in the midfield. I don't know. But because imagine like you just get to Birmingham away, three games going the season, and you have him on the bench all of a sudden, and he comes on, scores the winner or something stupid. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's the key, isn't it? We'll talk about the positives here, like. We've done well in the eight-game one beating run, but I think in that availability of players, what was it? It was three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Eighteen players played a part, but then you take away Lovelace, Mahoney, and Pierce, who all made sub appearances. It's down to fifteen players, and then in that, Evans only made one start. So you've Rowett's had fourteen players to choose from in the eight-game run there, and which was remarkable when we've done the business there. But to then throw in Bradshaw. Throw in Keaton Bell, throw in Ojo, throw in Leonard, throw in Hutch coming back in. Obviously, he played a few games before he got injured at the start there. Then the options, he's going to have to change games up, like he said on multiple occasions in this run. That's what's going to be interesting to see and see what you can actually do with it. Absolutely. The, the, the depth will be there again, which will be nice. Obviously, Mason Bennett. The thing is, for me, is that these all these players coming back, I was really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Mason Bennett's now out and it just feels like... Ugh, another one you know just feels like you know we're not going to get everyone back now we're not going to get you know we were I think we always we all understood that Freeman was going to be out for the rest of the season but or probably most likely but Mason Bennett he's such a big player recently that he he's the one that maybe feels a bit I feel the most gutted about getting Mm -hmm. injured because he was just giving us something in them games but the depth right the depth that we'll have in that score with Bradshaw coming on uh Keith Ojo who looked Ojo was starting to get in some good form before he got injured. It's a bit of a shame. Um, I don't think he'll be going up for a header anytime soon. I mean, after what happened last time, I mean, that must be one of the most unlucky injuries the way he's landed there. 
Mm-hmm. Seen it on his Instagram page when he posted it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Ojo, and then you've also got Oliver Burke, who looked so excited when he was playing for us. He was just so quick, and I think yeah. he will be excited as well. So yeah, I mean, we've got we've got a good bunch of players coming back. Obviously, disappointed about Benno, but we'll we'll keep going, and hopefully that will see us through to the to the playoffs. And then I wonder whether these loan players they'll be extended for the playoff final or not. You never know. So you think we'll finish sixth, don't you? I reckon. So I reckon we're sneaking on the on the last day. I'm sure the players, by the way, they've signed online in January are to the end of the season. So I'm sure we're fine there, by the oh, way. Okay. Um, I'll never forget that we had that moment before. I think it was James Henry in 2010, 2009, maybe, when we lost it to Scunthorpe. He was able to play against Leeds, I think, in the first playoff game. But because it was like an emergency loan, he couldn't play the semi-final second leg and he couldn't play the final. So, yeah, that was devastating at the time. And I think he would have made a difference at the time as well. But yeah, you're right. I mean, we'll have to see what happens. I think... Oh, fuck it. We're going to finish sixth as well. I think we're going to get right in there. I don't <laughs> think we will, but I've got to be positive. Why not? If we, if we miss out, and, you know, as long as we give it a good go in these eight games, as long as we don't t- come out of games thinking we didn't show up today, that's all I ask for. So I'm not bothered. I am bothered, but as long as we turn up, that's the most important thing for me, man, and that's hopefully what we'll see. Who do you think will be the best player in the next eight games before we go? Oh, I think... I think... Uh, Benicophobia is going to go on a little scoring run now. Nice, okay. So I reckon he's going to score in the next eight games. Provided he doesn't get injured, I reckon he's going to score. This is bold. I reckon he's going to score another eight goals. <laughs> what? <laughs> so he's going to score eight and eight. That's mad things, you know. Cool. I hope everyone's drunk on confidence after this podcast, like Kai is. I mean, I'll take it if he scores eight and eight. Well, he won't score an A&A, but if he does, then fair play to you guys. (laughs) But um, I think we've actually come to a natural close anyway now for our show today. Just obviously a half-hour ramble with me and Kai. I think we've drummed into what we thought might have changed in the eight games I've beaten. No one really knows, but I think there is some indicators there that you can see. Obviously, we're sitting in 10th place, 57 points, four points behind Blackburn with a game in hand on Blackburn. And obviously Middlesbrough are still in there as well. They've got a couple of games there. But ultimately, I think we're four points away from the playoffs. Who knows what can happen? Eight games to go. We'll be back next week. Hopefully with a bit of a roundtable special. Um, I think Mickey's organising a couple of guests. And if Mickey, you are listening, I hope you're doing well, mate. And we'll see you guys next week. So if you're new around here, be sure to like and subscribe. And obviously check out our socials at That Mill Pod. Kai, thank you as always for being with me today, mate. No worries, mate. Well, who's your standout player before we go? Bart Wilkowski. Nice one. And also, I think he'll end up winning the player of the year, which I don't think he deserves, but he'll, he'll perform at the right time and get three times in a row. There you go. I think it'll be Murray Wallace that should win it, player of the year. It'll be my vote, but there you go. Uh, anyway, cheers, guys, and thanks for listening, and see you guys soon.
I'm sorry. I can't operate on that vehicle. But, Doctor, you took an oath. That RV. It's my son's RV. Oh, Doctor. Isn't there anything you I'm can do? I'm not a miracle worker, Sheila. I'm an RV surgeon, trained to save the lives of large, injured recreational vehicles, which is definitely a real profession. When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms. Picture this. You're fully immersed in your podcast because in the back of your mind, you're not trying to recall when that deadline was supposed to be or stressing to keep everyone updated on next steps. MeetMonday.com a work management platform that makes having peace of mind easy. With Monday.com, all your work lives in one centralized place. You can automate updates to keep team members up to speed and ensure nothing falls through the cracks, even while you're enjoying your favorite podcast. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.